Hello, I'm Regini Vaidyanathan. We begin with the intensifying search and rescue operation in the North Atlantic Ocean for the missing submersible, which has five people on board. The search has entered a new stage of urgency, as the US Coast Guard says the vessel probably has enough oxygen to last until Thursday morning local time. That's just hours away. The US Coast Guard also confirmed that more tapping noises were picked up by a Canadian team overnight, but locating its source is extremely difficult. The submersible was on its way to visit the site of the wreck of the Titanic, which lies some 12,500 feet underneath the ocean's surface. The international rescue operation for the sub is being coordinated from Boston. With pressure growing to rescue those on board, there are now a number of vessels scanning thousands of miles of ocean for any signs of the sub. Our North America correspondent begins our coverage on this story with this report from Newfoundland. Everything possible is being used to try and find the missing submersible. These are the first images of the complicated international hunt unfolding in the Atlantic Ocean, more than 400 miles from the coast. It's now entered its most critical day. The sub, which is the size of a minivan, needs to be found before oxygen runs out for the men on board. But there is some hope. More noises have been heard. When you're in the middle of a search and rescue case, you always have hope. That's, that's why we're doing what we do. Um, with respect to the noises specifically, we don't know what they are, uh, to be frank with you. Um, the good news is, what I can tell you is, we're searching in the area where the noises were detected, and we'll continue to do so. At that depth, radio and radar signals won't work, so the rescue operation has been dropping sonar buoys in the water. They either use passive detection, that's listening for sounds produced by propellers and machinery, which could also include the crew making noise, or what's called active detection, by bouncing a sonar ping off the surface of the vessel and listening for a returning echo. Trapped inside are British citizens Hamish Harding, Shahzada Dawood and his teenage son Suleiman. Shahzada is someone who's um, got an uncommon zest for life. Uh, he has a real sense of adventure. Uh, he has a real sense of uh, uh, exploration. In fact, he has a passion for exploration. Also on board is a French veteran diver Paul-Henri Narjoulet and Stockton Rush, the head of the firm behind the expedition to the bottom of the sea. More vessels and more equipment is arriving here to be sent all the way out to sea to assist with the international operation. Officials here still consider this a search and rescue mission, but there's less than half a day's worth of oxygen left inside that vessel. And so there are fears this could turn from rescue to recovery. The head of the company that owns the Polar Prince, which launched the submissible over the weekend, has spoken for the first time since it went missing. We are very aware of the time sensitivity around this mission. Our crews and onshore team are experts in their fields and will continue to support this effort in every way we can. We remain focused on contributing to the search for the Titan crew and continue to hold out hope that they will be located and brought home safely. But overall, the reality of what could happen isn't lost on people here. As one expert put it, it's like trying to find a missing spaceship on the far side of the moon. Even if the sub is found in time, rescuers then have to somehow get the men out to safety. Nomi Rickbell, BBC News, St John's in Newfoundland. 
Well, the BBC's been hearing from Oshin Fanning. He's been on board the Titan submersible twice before and knows some of the passengers. You drift down over a three-hour period, three, four-hour period uh, to the seabed. Uh, on the seabed, you release some waste, you get a, just a, a little bit of buoyancy, and you have two little thrusters which then enable you to go to the ship and around the ship, etc. And then finally, to return, you drop the rest of the weights and then you return on, under your own steam. They're, they're, that's why it's a very simple vessel. There are no big engines, big computers, etc. It was kept simple so that actually, ironically, there'd be less problems. In terms of Paul Nagelet and, and Stockton, they've, you know, I mean, Paul himself said about 40 dies to the Titanic, I think. Um, they will immediately look to conserve oxygen straight away. They'll realize it. If they were caught up on something, they know it, they'll realize it. They'll also know the time frame it would take for any rescue to happen. And I think they would do everything just to keep themselves calm, breathe very shallowly, and, and, and preserve the oxygen for as long as possible. I, I think they'll actually last with oxygen a lot longer than people think. Our news correspondent Jessica Parker's in Boston from where the search and rescue operation is being coordinated. Earlier, she gave me this update. This operation is ramping up yet again as we enter those crucial hours. Now, what does that mean? It means more vessels headed to the area, more ROVs. These are these remotely operated vehicles, basically unmanned drones that can dive into the water and uh, search for any potential signs of the vessel. Then you've got those sonar boys that have been dropped onto the ocean surface, listening deep underneath as well. And a lot of focus clearly on those sounds, those noises, the banging that has been heard, but the Coast Guard are very clear at the moment. They don't know what those noises are. They are being analysed by experts in the US Navy, but it has become a focus for the search. And what they've said is that as more drones arrive to search the water, they will continue to look in that area where the sound's been heard and also in the area where the sub originally first dived on Sunday. And of course, after an hour and 45 minutes, contact with its mothership was lost. So lots of resources pouring in now. And what they seem to be trying to do is, yes, they are still searching for the vessel, but they're trying to get equipment to the site as well that could potentially help rescue it if it was discovered. There's this a French, very sophisticated French robot called the Victor 6000 that can go extremely deep. It has arms that could potentially free the vessel if it had become trapped in debris, for example. And then there's also uh, a very big and powerful piece of winching equipment that doesn't seem to yet be at the site that could haul the vessel up if they could locate it. But there are, as you can tell, a lot of ifs in all of that. And Jess, of course, we keep talking about this, but there are now only hours left of the oxygen. So those are the estimates for sure that the oxygen could run out or start to run out uh, later this morning local time. And the Coast Guard has been repeatedly pressed about this and, and kind of what that means for the operation. And they seem to be saying, look, that is a factor. Clearly, it is a factor, but it's not a, a hard and fast rule as to when that might happen. We don't even know where this sub is at the moment. We don't know if it actually remained intact, but it is clearly a consideration. But the Coast Guard don't seem to be talking in those sorts of terms. They're talking more in a 24 to 48 hour um, look ahead. So they seem to be saying that they want to keep continuing with this search operation for a little while yet.